Hello and welcome to the Make Marketing Great podcast. I'm your host, Elaine, and on today's podcast, I mean, I have an incredible guest by the name of Ryan Durrani, who is an SEO consultant with over 10 years of digital marketing experience. He's been featured in places like Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, and Search Engine Journal. If you're on LinkedIn and happen to be in the space of SEO and have not heard of Ryan, then maybe you might want to be opening up your game as he has amassed an online marketing space with creative solutions and has a unique take on SEO. But as much as he takes in with his client base and world-class skill sets, I want to slow things down for a second as I've done some light stalking of my own and found that he gives back in many ways. For this, I couldn't help but think of a famous quote that best describes him for from better yet than from our beloved and missed uh, Madiba Nelson Mandela, who once said that there is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. To that quote, I found Ryan to be humble in his approach, dedicated, and in the eyes of many, the word passion is normally associated with everything he does. He gives back by acknowledging imposter syndrome, letting go, and coping with anxiety for anyone who can find it online. He has taken monumental risks by going solo in the field of SEO, but as said by my previous guest, Craig Campbell, you can only succeed with people like Ryan if you are passionate with what you do. So without further ado, uh, welcome, Ryan. Thanks for coming onto the podcast. How are you doing? Do you know what? I'm very well. That was by far the best introduction I've ever had. Um, I appreciate the light stalking and I appreciate the kind, kind intro. I'm really happy to be on the podcast with you, mate. Sounds good. Um, I think to kick things off, um, there's a lot of uh, relatively good content that covers your background, but um, I'd like to focus on something that I haven't found, you know, whether it be like reading up on you or even looking on YouTube, which is how exactly did you get into the field of SEO? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll give you the short story. Um, so like you said, I, I've been in digital marketing now for in some shape or form for about 10 years. And I started off in the paid acquisition side of things. Um, that was what took my interest. I was big into Facebook and at the time, MySpace. That's how old I am. And it got to a point where I found myself not being challenged anymore because at a certain level of time in paid, it was becoming uh, not exciting for me. And I came across Moz and ran Fishkin and Whiteboard Fridays. And it took me by storm. I was like, what are these guys talking about? And um, at the time, I managed to secure myself on a Google-funded uh, course or qualification. And SEO was one of the key modules. And ever since then, I was hooked. I was building my own websites. I was testing stuff, breaking stuff, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And that just snowballed to where I am today, really. So very stumble until you make it kind of start and it's been a very good ride ever since i think that kind of complements some i think most of what users find is here in the beginning obviously with me it was i think it was a decade ago where i had a, a one of uh, 
the agency's partners come over to the company and I was mesmerized as to this platform, which was called SEMrush, as we all love SEMrush today. And I was just sitting in that meeting, completely ignoring what he was talking about and just wondering (laughs) what is this platform and what is this whole thing that surrounds SEO? But obviously you've spoken in great detail again with, with other, in other podcasts and also in some of the content that you've been featured about um, with the fact that you went into an agency, you weren't happy working in an agency for quite a, a long period of time. And um, you had reached out, you had done your research um, and you decided to go at it alone. Could you explain or could you explain in some great detail as to the hesitation of going it alone and the thought, basically the whole thought process of how you started thinking about going it alone, uh, you know, with the likes of talking to Craig for the first time and just some bits on that. Yeah, sure. So I guess um, my personality, ever since I was a teenager, I was keen on doing something for myself. I just wasn't sure what it was. And when you're younger, it's obviously much easier to to take those risks, but you haven't really got the the network at that time, or at least I didn't, to push you in the direction of making that jump and whatever that jump might have been. So as my career progressed in SEO, you know, I, I went from in-house to an agency role where, you know, I started at kind of mid-level and progressed to a senior level fairly quickly. It kind of showed to me that I had what it took in terms of skill set to deliver the right campaigns for bigger enterprise size clients. And I was I was fairly good at um speaking with clients on the phone. I'm 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 quite a quite an easy guy to talk to in that in that sense. And it was just after the first lockdown in COVID, I think, where I was very upset in the agency. I was stressed. I was balancing a lot of things at the same time. And I just kind of said, it's either now or never. You know, I'm getting a little bit older. I've just, I turned 30 not so long ago. And I think I thought to myself, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. What's the worst that can happen? I either... I'm good enough to get a job at an agency, so I can always fall back on that if I need to. But I kind of wanted to push myself to make it a success. And I kind of refused the fact in my mind that that wasn't going to happen. And just like you had Craig on, Craig was a was a a long shot for me. Celebrity in the in the in the industry. I never thought in my wildest dreams he would reply to me. I took a shot one day and I said, you know, how does this work? What should I do? And to be honest, without Craig kind of, you know, pushing me, I don't think I would have left when I did. So I, I owe a lot to Craig. I guess um, I have exactly the same thought process, to be honest. I think I took a bit of a long shot where I'd approached him um, towards the big, the beginning of the year. And when I mentioned to him, I was thinking there's just no way that this guy, this guy that I've idolized <laughs> since the start of like SimRush. I mean, if there's ever going to be some, you know, there's a small case of like certain like role models within this space. Definitely Craig was one of the loudest. And yeah. to think that he was entertaining me um, was quite, uh, quite good. Was there anything particular in agency life? Again, I've, I've heard this in other uh, forms of content, um, but would you be able to go in a little bit more detail as to some of the things that you didn't like within agency? Did you find that maybe you were just getting exhausted of 
maybe some of the the, the lack of skill set that they were putting you putting you into or anything of you know anything of that sort yeah i think um it was it was a, it was definitely a mix of different things so i'm a very passionate guy and i feel like if i haven't got a purpose in what i do then i struggle to commit to things so it had got to the stage where and this is and this is not the same for every agency it's just just my experience but it got to the stage where i was doing the same thing day in day out for you know every single client you could think of and i was thinking when i do seo for my own websites it doesn't look like this it doesn't look like i'm box checking and passing it on and i don't get to see the execution through and it was that lack of execution that i couldn't facilitate so whether that meant i was passing it off to a content team or i was passing it off to a design team i lost control at that stage and i think it's the same in life if you lose passion for something you lose purpose for something it's hard to continue with it and at the agency i found myself losing losing love for seo which i didn't want to happen because i'd invested so much time and effort to get to where i'd gotten and that obviously helped me take the leap to become freelance because I knew I could choose what I wanted to do. I knew I could choose the clients I wanted to work with. I knew I could be more creative with the campaigns that I I launched. And that helped kind of reignite that fire. Whereas at the agency, especially I, I was quite uh, different in my outlook and I wasn't, you know, for instance, Craig has a bad reputation at agencies for being a black hat guy. But I looked up to him because he was doing things that were working. They were driving revenue. And I, and I was probably like the black sheep of the agency where, I, you know, I was looking outside and trying to try different things and look at different techniques and look at different people who were successful. And, you know, it, 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 I think at, at the end, it was a clash between my growth and what the agency wanted from me. Okay. Uh, that's a great take, to be honest. Um, I think going ahead is now that you, you're a solo within this and you're an SEO consultant, um, obviously when, when users work within an agency, they have some, maybe one of the benefits is that depending on how good your leader is or your line manager for, for, for that matter, they can basically motivate you on a day-to-day basis, right? You know, they can kind of spring along some activities, some get-togethers and everything like that, just to try and push through and just trying to commit to certain goals. But obviously working solo, you don't have that benefit. You know, it's it's you, you know, the buck starts and, and ends with you. So mm-hmm. how do you stay motivated um, since your take on going solo? That's a very good question. And it's something that I think a lot of freelancers start to struggle with at a certain point because if you see success, especially if it's quick, like I did, very, very, you know, grateful for that and, and lucky that that happened, you can lose sight very quickly of why you started to do it in the first place. But my motivation very much now is I've seen this side of life, I've seen what it provides me. Um, the freedom in the sense of who I can work with, how I can, you know, launch campaigns and where I can go with my time. And I don't ever want to go back to that place where I was mentally not very uh, in a good place. I wasn't in a good condition at that stage because I was overwhelmed with everything going on in the agency. And my motivation really is to avoid 
being in that place mentally again, you know, even if it means I'm earning significantly less than I earn right now, but I'm doing it for myself, I will still feel in my, you know, in my mind and in my body much more comfortable. And I think life is about trying to stay happy about doing things you're passionate about. So that is ultimately what keeps me motivated. I think I've uh, seen that in a tweet, to be honest. I think someone else had tweeted out what, uh, it wasn't exactly from you, but you replied to someone on Twitter uh, with the likes of something that said that, what do you like want out of this year? Or what do you want from life in general? And I think you had responded with a tweet saying, just to be happy. Like nothing yeah. that references the clientele, nothing that references business at all. So um, kudos to you on that one. Um <laughs> One uh, another thing is like how do you how do you manage to pick yourself up? I think one of the the things that um, if if those that are listening are from an agency, marketing managers, or just business professionals, or anyone that's 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 uh, listening to the podcast might not realize for SEO consultants is that we have to pick up with a lot of like the grime of like having to have consultations, uh, people that just don't turn up. Mm-hmm. You get your highs and the lows are hard. Yeah. How do you how do you pick yourself up from from those episodes? Because I'm sure you've gone through the brim of like having people that, uh, in all respects, are time wasters and uh, and other means. But how do you pick yourself up from that? Is there anything that you do in particular? Do you grab aspects? Does your partner have a good say within this matter as well? Yeah. She she. To be honest, without the kind of stable mind of of my partner. Um, I probably would have found it a lot harder to bounce back from those lows. You know, it's inevitable as you start to develop maybe a lane for yourself or a career for yourself that you're going to upset somebody. You're going to rub somebody up the wrong way. Clients just don't turn up to calls, you know. And if you let that be the reason why you stop, then you weren't strong enough to start in the first place because it's part and parcel of being a freelancer. It's not to say it's not hard and it's it's very difficult to deal with and it's very difficult to kind of overcome that thought of, you know, if somebody booked a call with me yesterday and then didn't turn up the next day, what did I do wrong in those 24 hours to make them change their mind? And it can, it can wreak havoc with you and imposter syndrome. And I'm sure in-house marketing managers, people that work at agencies, they experience it day to day, but they have that kind of Hopefully, they have that support system to, you know, correct them when they're maybe overstepping that mental boundary. Whereas when you're a freelancer, you either have to have an incredibly robust mind and very confident in yourself and your skill set, or have a very good network of people around you, which you need to do as a freelancer. I can't, you know, praise that enough to have people like Craig, to have people like my wife who will be like, you know, hold on a minute, step back. This is one small bump. You've had a great 12 months. Let that day go. Forget about it. Tomorrow we start again. 100%. Yeah, I like that. Um, Maybe another question on the likes of, uh, now that you've mentioned imposter syndrome, would you say that you, would you say that it sounds like, although you don't reference it to your own means, I know that you've referenced it private, you know, privately within your own content and to those who can find it, which I appreciate, to be honest with you. Um, would you say that you dealt with that um, 
even before your time, you know, with reaching out to Craig, do you think that that might've been one of your biggest issues, especially going solo? Could you explain like, if you've battled it before, do you still deal with the likes of imposter syndrome as you're progressing now? I mean, you've had the likes of being coveted by Business Insider. We know that you're doing well within this space, but uh, would you say that you're over that? Or do you say that even now you still deal with aspects of imposter syndrome? Very much. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I think there's levels to imposter syndrome and when you meet incredible people like I have, like Craig, for instance, and the people that surround Craig, you kind of go through levels of it. So when I was initially thinking about becoming a freelancer, the imposter syndrome surrounded, am I good enough to leave the agency life to be by myself? And then when you're in that space, it goes from how can I be this good to be as good as Craig and as successful as Craig? When you think, all of the knowledge that those guys have, how good they are at their job, how successful they are, you know, you can very easily go, you know, look inside yourself and be like, you know, why isn't that me yet? And I think imposter syndrome for for a lot of it comes from impatience. You know, you want something to happen quicker than it actually is. And that makes you doubt your skill set. It makes you doubt your ability to succeed in things. And I think the biggest way that I found or, or how I've tried to deal with it or cope with it, things like this make a massive difference. You know, having people reach out to you and say, your knowledge or your story is worth talking about and we would love to speak to you. Like that in itself is a win. But if you forget those wins by Saturday, then imposter syndrome is going to be hell on earth. But you have to hold on to those small wins and just remember that in six months' time, 12 months' time, your life might look significantly different to what it is now. Just be patient with the process and the journey. Like I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Um, one thing that I like, um, I can't, I can't remember the name of the person who tweeted it out, but uh, also based here in Leeds uh, UK is someone that referenced that for those that are dealing with imposter syndrome, try write down all of the good compliments within like a journal or something. And whenever mm -hmm. you're feeling in doubt with imposter syndrome, refer back to some of the people that have commented, you know, greatly about your expertise and your skill sets and just trying to remember as to what makes you great, which again is, highlights the, the meaning of this podcast. Okay. So now we're moving, um, we're moving ahead. Um, and I think, uh, as we start to talk about SEO now, I think we are dealing with possibly the biggest change we've ever seen within this space. I don't think we can even categorize it as an algorithm update or really an update. This is a revolution within the space of mm -hmm. SEO. And mm -hmm. for those that don't, don't know what I'm talking about, again, within the last couple of weeks, it feels as if we've gone through a year of changes, but it's only been literally a few weeks where Bing and Google are now competing once again. No one would have ever thought that uh, <laughs> an opportunity like this would have arrived. I believe in the words of Satya from Microsoft, he says that it's very rare in business that today we find an opportunity that can bring us back in contention with one of the biggest players in the industry. And that's saying a lot. If you look at the yeah. stock price of Google today, um, it's low despite them trying to get barred onto the system and everything like that. Um, but as I'm sure you're aware, 
a lot of SEOs are in a frenzy at this point in time. No one knows what's going <laughs> to happen, how it's going to look and everything like that. I'm sure that maybe even some clients are also starting to like nitpick and say, hey, um, what, is going, uh, what is going on? And they're probably worried about their investment. One of the questions that obviously I wanted to ask you is, what's your take on it? Um, and what do you think is the future of what you can see so far with the likes of the updates with AI, with Bing and Google? I think you, you hit the nail on the head. There are a lot of panicked people right now in the industry. And I, to be honest, I think that's because SEO as an industry, what I found can be quite, uh, what's the word for it? Quite, uh, they're not, not keen to accept new methodologies that might risk the kind of overall practice of SEO because there are people, very rightly so, who are very precious about the industry and what it stands for and, and you know what they do for a living, which I completely sympathize and understand because I'm one of those people. But in the same breath, when something like this comes along, if you don't capitalize on it in the right way, then you will forever be a dinosaur in a potentially forever changing market now because I don't see AI going away anytime soon. I see it becoming part of everyday life in you know every aspect of life, especially marketing now that we can leverage it to create videos, to create, um, you know, I've done product mock-ups with it, branding mock-ups with it. Um, you can even do like text to video now. And I think if uh, an application is that powerful, the only way to actually make use of it is to accept it and adapt it into your strategy. I think what people believe is going to happen is that just like everything else in SEO, as soon as the SEOs get hold of it, they're going to abuse it to death and it will ruin the industry. Just like everything else, just like links were abused, just like... Uh, well, I can't even, I can't even, you know, there's so many things that people have abused over the, over the last 10 years. The good SEOs will acknowledge and the great SEOs will acknowledge that AI can fundamentally improve how good you are at your job. I'm not saying go to chat GPT, rip off an article and put it on your website. That's not what good SEOs would do. That's what bad SEOs will do. That's what spam is. You know, that's it's spam. Um, Great SEOs will see this as an opportunity to facilitate change and facilitate growth and make their lives easier. So whether that means topic ideation, whether that means brainstorming, whether that means we can create content outlines and content frameworks quicker. I think the future of SEO with AI is going to be a collaboration rather than AI takes over, which is what everyone's scared of right now. Okay. My take on it um, is that it's an exciting time. Um, I think, I think maybe for the future, what I perceive of what's happening, and again, um, for users um, that are listening, try to revert to um, a YouTube video by The Verge, which um, the team starts to interview with Satya from Microsoft. And judging from his comments and some of the questions that, that he had asked him, he said that if I could round up what he was saying, it was around the fact that he says that this is an exciting time. The fact that if this goes well, businesses will benefit because there'll mm-hmm. be more options. Uh, mm-hmm. With the, the reason why I reference this is because of the fact that um, businesses 
for the longest period, I've had to deal primarily with just Google. You know, mm-hmm. it's either uh, Google search or for the likes of PPC, it's just Google ads and and so on. By bridging Bing and even Satya says, even more search engines, you know, bringing more search engines into the fold, he says that there'll be um, greater diversity, cheaper mm-hmm. costs. And for, for me, that just looks like more work to be done, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. You know, having businesses engage more with search, maybe possibly different search engines and just having more to do and more uh, service offerings. Would you agree with that? Would you say that, would, do you, Maybe a bigger question would be, do you think Bing search is on its way back, you know, into the fold? Do you see that maybe potential clients will be hovering over you saying, listen, do you think we should approach <laughs> Bing a little bit more? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I've got some very tech savvy clients who are very, they were very quick to react to this AI um, integration with Bing and it's still very much the question of should we be doing this rather than we sh- we are now doing this. They are still very hesitant in my eyes to make such a drastic change from there. Even if it's like, you know, are we going to shift budget from trying to work on Google to work on, on Bing? I still think Bing has a lot of work to do to try and gain that trust back. And the implementation of the, of, of um, AI into that search engine, I think has created a lot of good and healthy hype, which Google needs to compete with because I think the industry has kind of a love-hate relationship with how Google behaves, very much so. And I think Bard has proved that. And I do believe that if Bing are able to, in some way, take back a larger market share and keep up with the hype and sustain this for long enough, it will make clients go or, or bigger businesses go, maybe we should consider going over here because it looks like the industry is moving over there. But until there's a big enough or, or at least a, a more tangible shift rather than hype, I don't think people will commit to that, that change just yet. Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, I, I parallel your comments with regards to the fact that I think Google has grown to be quite comfortable and to mm-hmm. be, Probably too comfortable. Uh, when you look at the, the the likes of what Bing has done and the advances that they've made, you can kind of see that Google's kind of scrambling because at the end of the yeah. day, after all of these years of being a top contender, it's just Google search. That's where they make predominantly all their money. So to mm-hmm. have someone, especially, I think this was, um, I was in a Twitter space the other day and this was said beautifully. Microsoft isn't like, all about Bing search. It's a company mm-hmm. that makes the vast majority of its money in other areas. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really have too much to lose when it comes to this. Google has everything to lose. Yep. Um, so there's been some people that have said that uh, this is definitely like the red alarm. Uh, and some people are saying, no, it's not. I'm sure, you know, this is Google. I'm sure they've, they've been looking at this AI for a long period of time. Would you uh, coincide with those thoughts? Do you think that Google has potentially uh, fall back? Or do you think that they were, in fact, working on something in the background against ChatGPT? I mean, even the head of SEO at um, the, those that created ChatGPT, they, they said during the conference that they've been working with Bing for years. And yeah. that Satya in 2022 noticed that this was a game changer back in 2022. So this is not new. Mm-hmm. But do you think Google has uh, fallen back um, with regards to this? Or do you think 
yeah do do you do you think that the red alarm is true or do you think that they've they've been working at this steadily for quite some time i think um i think with the market share that google has it would be it, bing would have to do something you know monumental not just the ai integration of chat gpt it would have to do something unbelievable to make what 70 70 67% of people move back over to bing when google holds the vast majority share i think it's going to be a massive pain for google and i'm not sure that, you know 10% 15% of losing their users could be a significant revenue loss um and like you said i think this has been ongoing for a long long time and and the uh the ceo of microsoft said that it's been like what two two three years they've been working on this and and working on ai integration and there's no way google didn't know that there's absolutely no way they weren't aware of this integration coming um i feel like google have mismanaged the launch i feel like they've done that poorly because it looks like a scramble attempt it looks like oh bing have done this now we have to release bard and it's like if Google would have come out on their own with their own launch and made it about them, it could have been significantly better for their PR than what it currently is. There's definitely something that was going on behind the scenes. <clears throat> I 100%. mean, even if, even if you look at the conference with Bing, and again, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but you can even see that just by the the venue, uh, which was still good, but uh, you can see it was kind of rushed. You can even see that the talking points, you can kind of see that there was a lot of stuttering that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it almost looked at the beginning like a mess, to be honest with you, but you can see that there was urgency with this. And I think yep. Microsoft, again, you know, it's one zero at this point in time. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be some interesting time, but again, this is uh, not an update. This is a revolution in our space. I don't think anyone can really parallel, you know, look towards a case study for as to what it's going to do with, especially within our line of work. So it will be great mm-hmm. to see. I think there's just, I think personally, there is less risk but more opportunity with regards yeah. to this. Um, Agreed. So it will just be a case of how we as SEOs um, adopt this within our, our own our workspace. Coming Absolutely. back to coming back to to you, uh, one of the last things that I that I wanted to 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 get into before I move on in terms of the future and, and just you and your work, um, there might be users out there that are either uh, the same question I asked Craig was. There might be users out there that are marketing managers that are just as passionate as you are. They are not seen uh, within mm-hmm. their space. Um, they're possibly thinking about going solo or doing something great within marketing. They're stuck. What would you say to those that are possibly looking at going solo or doing something brave within the marketing space, finding a niche that fits to them and so on? What would you say, maybe something that helped you greatly that you haven't referenced before that mm-hmm. you know made a great impact of you doing what you're doing now? Um, I think now is the biggest opportunity for people to take advantage of what the market is offering. Like there has not been more opportunity for people with our skill set to succeed by themselves because the platforms that are being provided to us, you know, building a personal brand on Twitter, building a personal brand on LinkedIn, even TikTok. Now I see SEO videos popping up and they're, they're wildly successful. Um, 
one thing that helped me kind of launch myself into this is again, it comes back to that mindset. If you are a marketing manager and you've been doing this for six, seven years, you're good. Like you've got the skill set to be able to progress to that level of of um, competency in potentially a, a significantly sized business, and that in itself should be enough confirmation to say, you know, if I wanted to go and start a freelance consulting business as a, a marketing manager, what I would do is, whilst I was employed, and obviously make sure this is something that isn't outside the realms of the contract. Build your personal brand. Try and get featured on podcasts. Try and be a loud voice in your industry and talk about things that maybe are a little bit on the on the on the edge of what the industry is currently talking about. You know, if you're just noise in an already noisy market, you're never going to be successful. There has to be something different that you bring to the table, whether that's your honesty and transparency with other areas of your life. And that's something that I lent on heavily, you know. As I came into this, I didn't want to be the big bullshit, you know, look at me, I'm, you know, this big, uh, impressive guy, because I'm not, I'm just a normal guy. I have issues like everybody else, and I'm not afraid to be honest about it. And I think that's something that is new to the industry, because there's a lot of like facade and people try to hold this bravado up. And you need to be comfortable in yourself, be honest in, with who you are as a person, what you see as success, like if you're a marketing manager and success to you means two clients, you earn X amount per month, but you can spend way more time with your dog and your husband, that's a win. So set your benchmark, set your lane, set your personality and go for it. Okay. <clears throat> and last comments on the future of SEO. What would you say undeniably, what would you predict for, for SEO going forward? undeniably <laughs> i'm hoping i'm hoping that this revolution only makes things better for the the quality that is coming out of this industry whether that be you know and seo as an industry has always been overlooked as the kind of if we've got the budget kind of kind of practice right Paid has always been the love child of, of every business, every marketing department. And I think if SEO can take advantage of this new technology, not new, but new to us, this technology to make ourselves stand out, to produce quality, I'm just going to reiterate that, to produce quality, then I think the web is going to be a much better place. I feel like we should capitalize on being able to satisfy users in a way that we weren't able to before by leveraging these these AI models. And I feel like great SEOs will bring it into their teams and bring it into their business. I feel like good SEOs will do the same. And I feel like bad SEOs will continue to do what they've always done, abuse the system until it breaks and they ruin it for everybody. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, one, uh, one question that I just want to fly in before uh, I give my last take on this is, um, there might be businesses, you know, it might not be a typical uh, users within the marketing space that are, that, that are listening to this. And they're on the fritz about whether to adopt SEO. Uh, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, this is definitely a good question because mm -hmm. there's a lot of companies out there that um, 
either they they don't know about SEO, they know a little bit about SEO, but they don't know whether or not it's a good investment. You know, it is. it, it can be quite difficult to interpret this. Even some of the best uh, SEO consultants or agencies out there try, you know, find it very hard to convey the importance of good search engine optimization for their business. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to sum up um, <clears throat> what you would say to businesses that, some businesses that are listening that are possibly considering you, considering others, and again, that are on the fritz about SEO, why they should uh, look into trying to improve their SEO? Yeah, I think it's the um, it's the age old story again. Is that SEO is is longevity, it's sustainability, it's being a brand. You know, it's it's very well having a, a paid marketing budget that you're continuing to throw money at until the 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 cost of acquisition becomes so high that your paid budget becomes ineffective. With SEO, uh, agreeably, it's a longer term investment. But SEO, in my eyes, is about building a brand, building a brand association. And that in of itself means that if you are building a business that you want to exit eventually, that whoever is acquiring that business already has this, you know, say, for example, it's 100,000 people every single month coming to their website. I'm going to use the term free. Obviously, it's not free, but it's taken a point to get to that, that, that level where you're sustaining traffic rather than continuing to just funnel money into ads every single month. And I would much rather be a brand that people recognize and come back to because I provide a significantly better experience than my competitors. I've got resources they can use. I've got things they can bring into their daily lives that make it better than the brand that relies on ads all the time. And I think that nice balance between SEO and PPC is the best place to be. But if you're looking for sustainability and longevity and you care about building a brand, SEO is the way forward. 100%. Agree with that. Um, Last question for today's podcast is to give marketeers three uh, top SEO tips. This doesn't have to be technical. This doesn't have to be anything like that. Um, If you want to mention something on the top about, you know, keeping those uh, motivated or anything that could you know, be inspiring to those listening within the SEO space. What would you say are your top three SEO tips for 2023? My top three SEO tips. The first one is quality over everything, whether that's your personal brand, whether that's your website, whether that's client work, quality comes first. If you invest in that, you'll never be sure of clients you'll never be sure of things to say secondly i wouldn't worry about the new things that crop up unless it's absolutely game changing like in our case ai and find what works for you so if it's a particular tool that you love using you're great at it it works well in your workflow don't be distracted by 15 or 20 different tools that do the exact same thing I've seen it happen in large content teams and large SEO agencies. They get distracted and it actually has a massive impact on how you deliver work and how, and how success looks. And then I think thirdly, so quality, everything is built around brand. If you aren't building a brand right now for the next 12 months, that should be your focus, whether that means 
you if you're an in-house manager a marketing manager and you need to put your ceo on podcasts or youtube series or pr whatever it might look like your job for seo should be to build a brand that can sustain itself for the next five to ten years not the next 18 months and the two previous steps that i said the two previous tips are going to facilitate that third step 100 percent um so think long term as well yeah long term always long -term. always long term all right. So um, again, I don't want to take too much out of your busy schedule as I appreciate you coming on to the Make Marketing Great no, Podcast. No, it's fine. Um, for, those, uh, for those listening, links to Ryan's bio website and his prolific LinkedIn account will be provided within <laughs> the, the, the description as well. Um, again, I'm a big fan of your work. And again, to anyone that has not uh, heard of Ryan, uh, take again and look at the SEO industry. I'm sure he's been buzzing in one way, shape or form. I'm blessed to have you on. Uh, personal thoughts is that I genuinely think that uh, uh, you are not really up and coming, but you are definitely going somewhere. And I'm so blessed to have had you early in the mix. So um, <laughs> great to have you on. And thanks again, Ryan, for, for, for coming on. No, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for having me, mate. Thank you. No, not a problem.